Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number six of the Debt-Free Dad podcast. Listen, if you want to get out of debt, paying off debt isn't the first step. And I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but so many people make this critical mistake in getting out of debt. And in today's show, we are going to reveal the, the first thing that you should really focus on. And we're also going to give you some great ways to make it happen. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to today's show. As a reminder, you can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Defrey Dad. And I would love to connect with you on one of those social networks. So, guys, one of our Roots members <laughs> posted this really, really funny tool to help you get out of debt and stop wasting money. And originally, I thought it was a joke. But the headline of... <laughs> this post is this bracelet will shock you when you eat junk, smoke, and spend too much money. <laughs> so originally when Chantel Perrault actually, she actually posted this. She's one of our Roots members, been in Roots for, for quite some time, and, and posted this. Originally I thought it was just a joke because in our group – we got a lot of great people and we have a lot of fun and we, we you know, we try to keep it lighthearted and we'll post some funny things here and there. And, and I thought this was one of those funny things, but it turns out this thing is real. And the first thought I had when I was reading through this, the first thing that came to my mind, and I don't know, Amber, you might be able to, I don't know, maybe you've seen this movie, maybe you, maybe you don't like this movie, but I know Ryan and I have seen this movie a lot, <laughs> is Ghostbusters. You know, you remember right? Do you remember Ghostbusters? It's like the first. It's like the first scene. It's Bill Murray. He's you know he's got the two college students and he's doing like the like little picture psychology test. You know, like he draw a picture and they'd have to guess. And of course, you know he's trying to take the the girl out on a date, so he lets her get them all right, and the guy gets them all wrong, and he just shocks him over and over and over again, and he just starts to freak out. That's the first thing that came to my mind because. Back in the day when I was wasting money, that thing would be shocking me all the time. <laughs> I almost want to get it and just go to the grocery store just to see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's BS. Like, hasn't it been proven <laughs> that positive reinforcement is better than negative reinforcement? Well, and we were talking about this before we jumped on here, but we looked at the, I looked at the reviews and it's like, you know, 50-50 split. You know, 50% of people are pretty positive about it, but the other 50% are like, man, it's just okay. But according to the website, they've got like these little programs. And again, it's not just wasting money, but it's like overeating, it's smoking, it's like all of these biting your fingernails and it's just like all of these little things. But everyone's looking for the secret to get out of debt. Maybe it is in a shock bracelet. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think the, I think the price is a little steep though, Brad. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? It was 180 bucks. $180. And that's before shipping. Yeah. That is, I, I would still, I, w I wonder if anyone's tried it. If you've tried the shock bracelet, please reach out and let us know. <laughs> Send us an email at brad at therealdebtfreedad.com. I would love to know your experience with the shock bracelet and how it's helped you change your behavior. So, we're not going to be talking all about shock bracelets today. We're going to instead talk about some real things that actually will work. So in today's show, it's all about sharing tips to help you build 
your very first emergency fund. So if you want to get out of debt, paying off debt really isn't that first step. And I know that sounds crazy, but one of the first goals you should have is to save money. Now, I think one of the reasons why people go into debt in the first place is because they don't have any money. And that's why I went into debt. And that's why that's a really bad habit. And we need to break that habit. And we want to replace it with a good habit like starting to save some money. Now, when we teach this concept initially, the number one response we hear is, Brad, you know, that's a really great idea. I would love to save my emergency fund. And I bet there's probably people even listening to this podcast saying I would love to save an emergency fund. But how the heck do I make that happen when I'm living paycheck to paycheck? And if you're asking that question right now, that's what this podcast and this episode is really all about. So as we kick off the show, I want to mention this kind of eye-opening saving statistic that I found not too long ago on Yahoo Finance. And Yahoo Finance did an article and featured a Go Banking Rates survey. And that survey found that 58% of people right now have less than $1,000 in a savings account. And 32%, and that's like a third of the population technically, have nothing saved at all. And I'm not like preaching like up here on some high horse, like I used to be in that statistic. What about you guys? Were you, did you guys fit in that or did you guys always have a savings account? That's funny, Brad. I never had a savings. (laughs) No, wait, I had a savings account. There was just never any money in it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that one. Right. Yeah. I'm saving there. It was empty money in it with good intention. And then something would come up and I'd, I'd be like, Oh, I could really use those shoes and uh, it would be gone. Yeah. It's short lived. (laughs) Oh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, credit cards were our savings account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty much sold right now. That's that's like a that's like a marketing message that's out there right now. True, very true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, saving is hard, especially when they first get started. And one of the number one reasons why I think it was so hard for me to get started is that it's boring, and delaying pleasure isn't any fun. Like, there were things that I wanted to buy. Like, Amber, you just brought up shoes. Like, as soon as that money hit that savings account, like, you like you know, you had good intentions. Like, I'm going to save this money. But then stuff comes into your life, right? And you're like, oh, I just have to have this. And again, that goes all the way back to some of these podcast episodes that we've been talking about, not having those solid goals and that clear why or purpose of why you want to get out of debt. It was easy just to kind of dip into that savings account and buy the shoes or buy whatever it is that you were looking for, right? Absolutely. And it doesn't get less boring, I might add that, um, because then we're saving now. We just keep saving. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's nice to watch it grow, but it's not that as fun as going out and doing something fun yeah. like in the moment. It's a pretty, so. it's a pretty mundane activity. It is, but well worth it in the end. Yeah. Like we see our goals. They're getting closer. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have a built, I mean, you guys built up your emergency fund. So what are you guys, you're currently saving for what? Like, what's your next big goal? Uh, we want to put a large down payment on a house and uh, we're saving for Scotland at the same time. So Awesome. So two big goals that are going to cost a, a pretty penny, but you guys are really passionate about reaching those. So that's why you continue to do it month after month. Heck yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? You guys have any savings goals and things that you guys are working towards? Yeah, I think for us, it's, uh, you know, we have to buy another car for our son. Uh, so we have about 18 months to do that. And then um, we're debating on the house, like how much, how badly do we want to attack it? 
Do we want to get it paid off quick? And, you know, quick is still going to take years, but we're, you know, so we're, we, we just became debt-free not too long ago. So we're kind of now looking at it going, okay, what do we, what are our next steps? What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish now? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the other reasons why I think it's a little bit hard too, is that, um, socially, like it's, it's not fun to celebrate that you saved money. Like, I mean, I, I, well, I take that back. The old Brad, it wasn't fun. The new Brad <laughs> being debt free, like last year, we fully funded our retirement accounts. That's fun. But celebrating that isn't nearly as fun as celebrating like the awesome 30 foot travel trailer that we paid cash for last year. That was a lot of fun to celebrate. It's cool. I like it. It has lots of cool stuff in it, right? But when it comes to like saving, it's just, it's not, there's like no real finality to it. Like, hey, I've reached the goal because it's just a constant habit that you had to have. I mean, if you think about it, like we do celebrate the fact that we fully re- fully funded our retirement account, but when's the last time you've seen somebody celebrate that? More than likely because most people aren't fully funding their retirement account based on statistics, but I bet you saw more people celebrating a new house or a new car or a new vacation or like in our case, like a new camper. And you see those things all the time. And I think these are the things that make saving really, really hard. It's that long-term sacrifice. It's that pain of delaying pleasure. So you've got to get comfortable with that though, in order to get really good at starting to save some money. So why we bring this episode up is really mainly is to talk about why emergency funds are so important. And I think the number one reason why they're so important, at least as you get started to either, you know, maybe it's your goal to reach debt freedom. Maybe it's your goal just to finally Uh, pay down some debt and get your debt under control. But at the end of the day, you have to have a savings if you ever want to have any luck paying off any debt. And I learned this lesson very early on. I didn't save. I tried to get out of debt and it never worked. I'd failed over and over and over again because every time something would come up, guess what? I had to go back into credit card debt to fix those uh, problems. And that obviously isn't going to get you out of debt. So can you guys share a little bit of your experience with kind of the same thing? Did you guys try this without an emergency fund? And I mean, obviously I know both of you built one eventually and how much was the difference of that for you guys? For us, it was a huge difference. Now we, when we finally decided to jump on the bandwagon of paying off our debt, um, we actually had our 30 days, we had our emergency fund and then I had to use it almost instantly Um, but had we not had it, I would have had to go into debt to use it because we wouldn't have had the money to use it. So my dog had eaten something he shouldn't have eaten. And I had to go to the emergency vet and, uh, thankfully we had the thousand dollars saved in our bank account to use. And then we just funded it again. But before that, oh gosh, we were going into credit card debt or I was calling somebody for help with some money. Yeah. By the way, if you've got an animal that lives in your house, you need an emergency fund because it seems like every time you turn around, those things are cost of money. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, I read yeah. I read a statistic a while back ago. Like the first year you own a pet or a dog, it's like over a thousand dollars worth of expenses that you have to plan for. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Ryan, what about you? What do you think? Uh. Yeah, it just was when you're just saying with the dog, we have a dog and I was just thinking through this past year of all the, all the things we paid for. And yeah, it was easily over a thousand dollars just last year alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, from an emergency fund standpoint, I, 
you know, I have similar stories and I think, um, a lot of people that have probably went and got out of debt, uh, probably all have the same story of you got to have that emergency fund. Cause I think it goes back to your first point of, you know, is saving hard, um, or, you know, why don't we do it? I think there's sometimes a, a, a maybe a misconception of what a savings account is for. And I think some people use it for to buy stuff. And really you need that because life, what we learned early on and through the process is life happens. And no matter how much you want to say, Hey, these next three years, no emergencies are going to happen. I guarantee you that first month or two, something's going to happen. It, it always did to us. And when we didn't have the emergency fund, then we just threw our hands up and kind of were like, see, getting out of debt doesn't work. And then we would just go charge that emergency because we didn't have it. So to me, you got to have the emergency fund or you will just go right back to old habits. Yeah, very true. And this is long-term. I mean, this isn't just to get out of debt. I mean, this is something that you're going to want to establish and have funds available to you because uh, Ryan's exactly right. Life is going to happen to you and you never know when it's going to happen. You never know what's going to show up on your doorstep. And uh, we're not going to get into this too deep today, but you know, our family experienced a kind of a, a huge emergency when our daughter was born back in September of 2018. And, uh, you know, she was born and had some complications during birth, was in NICU for 10 days, ended up being diagnosed with a brain injury and has now been diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And we had no plans of any of this. She was a, it was a full term baby, like everything. My wife had a completely healthy pregnancy, like none of those signs were there. And then all of a sudden, just like that, life changes. And I can't tell you that emergency fund isn't going to like save your life for the rest of your life. But in that moment, it was nice to not have to worry about money. It was nice not to have to worry about what we were going to do for income during that period because we had that emergency fund savings. It took a ton of stress off uh, myself, off my wife, off the situation. And we were able to kind of get back on our feet, heal, take a little bit of time off of work and really take time and just process everything that was going on without having to worry about finances. And we weren't running to our computer to start a GoFundMe page to start asking for help. And and that's a sad situation that many people find themselves in that they've got to do that, that that's their last resort. So if you're listening to this, this is your red flag. This is your sign that if you don't have one of these emergency funds, at least like a beginner one, like we're going to be talking about here today, this needs to be a big priority. We're going to be talking about urgency and priority here in, in just a minute. The other thing, I think creating this habit of savings early on as you get out of debt is really important when it comes to using cash for your purchases or paying up front for items. Like, for instance, like, let's talk about insurance. Now, not all insurance companies do this, but I know ours does in particular. So if we pay our insurance premiums for the year all up front, we get a pretty significant discount because we pay it all up front because we're, and all we do is we just budget for it and we put that money into a savings account every single month. And that money just gets put away and we save up for those expenses. It's little things as simple as haircuts. I get a haircut uh, at just kind of a normal kind of strip mall haircut place, right? I don't go to one of these, these, these fancier places. I'm not too big on the whole, you know, I need to have like a, a really expensive haircut. Uh, some people are, and that's totally okay. But for me, I just go to these strip mall type places and every year, November and December, they'll do uh, a discount card for haircuts. So you can, instead of paying like $15.99, you can pay $10.99 per haircut and you can load up these cards. Well, I load up all my haircuts for the year, that time of year. And I save about 30% on what I would normally spend 
if I had paid th- for them throughout the year. Uh, same thing like we camp a lot. I mentioned my you know 30-foot camper. We're seasonal campers. We camp a lot during the summer. And if we pay our camping fees up front, we get a discount by paying all of that money up front. So there is a huge benefit to learning how to save incrementally and what they call our sinking funds, essentially, and putting this money in a way every single month automatically so that way when these expenses come up, you have the cash to be able to pay for those and be able to take advantage of those discounts. So uh, that's been huge for us. It's been a big money saver, and, and it took some time for us to get there, but I think there's huge value in that for sure. All right, next we're going to move on to urgency and making it a priority. So here's the thing. I think like Amber was talking about, and Amber, maybe you can talk a little bit about this because I think you're a perfect example of this, of what urgency means in 30 days. So you built your first emergency fund in 30 days. Can you tell and share how you guys made that happen? Uh, we stopped spending so much money. That's basically what happened is we we did a, our budget and we were like, whoa, look at where all our money's going. This is crazy. And we were able to save it that way. Um, and then we've been able to build a bigger, um, just by having a plan for it and saving it. So, but yeah, 30 days, we found it by just cutting out a lot of stuff in our budget. Yeah. And, and I should backtrack a little bit just so uh, the listeners know when we talk about emergency fund, as you get started, we're talking a thousand, maybe 2000, maybe $3,000 as kind of like your starter, uh, emergency fund. Everyone's number is going to be a little bit different, but I think that's a a good range to shoot for. So you just have to look at your situation and say, okay, based on what we have going on and our lives, this is the amount that I would like to start out with for our emergency fund. And then you just break that down. And our goal and the urgency we like to create for our Roots members is I give them this goal. It's like, I want you to have it done in the first 30 days. And most people are like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to get that done. Amber, what would you what did you think when I originally told you that for 3 and a half years ago now and I said <laughs> you had to have it done in 30 days? Did you even think it would be possible? No. Yeah. I was like, we're living paycheck to paycheck. We don't have that kind of money. Are you crazy? Um, but we realized pretty quickly that we were just spending our money in not so great areas. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but no, I, I didn't think it was possible. And I was like a thousand dollars in my bank account and just leave it there. I don't know. This guy's a little bit off. But. <laughs> <laughs> this um, right now. And I think we should mention some people are looking for some ways by the time this episode airs, it's going to be tax refund or tax return time. That's a great time to not spend that tax return money and instead put that money in your emergency fund savings and start getting this built very, very quickly. Ryan, what were some ways that you guys came up with some emergency fund savings? Yeah, for us, it was just cutting, uh, you know, looking for areas we could cut. I think at the time we had cable, I mean, it might've been direct TV at the time we had, you know, 400 channels and, you know, I think our, our direct TV bill was a couple hundred dollars a month. So just you know, cutting something as just down on regular TV, going to like Netflix and cutting that out that saved us, you know, a hundred and some dollars right there. Um, so finding that, and then we just started selling stuff. We, we found, uh, stuff around the house, you know, things, you know, stuff that we bought that we thought we needed. Um, that was just tucked in a closet and you're like, nah, we don't need that. So we just started figuring out ways to sell stuff. And, uh, we were able to build it pretty fast. I mean, within that first 30 days for sure. Um, we had that thousand dollars just by being able to do that. Yeah. I remember 
back in the day, we did similar cuts to to make a big uh, push towards getting the savings done. One of the best things I've ever done is cut out satellite and cable TV. And obviously, uh, over the last couple of years, I mean, that's been pretty much a going trend with all the subscription-based uh, products that are out there now. But I think the last time I calculated it, I saved since cutting cable and, and satellite. The last one I had was a satellite. I'm not going to mention the company. Uh, terrible company, by the way. Awful customer service. And that's ultimately why I left. But it helped my pocket. Or it helped our, helped our bank account a lot. I mean, uh, we have saved well over $10,000 in TV costs by cutting them out and just having a, you know, like a subscription-based product. And and we obviously just use a, a satellite or, I'm sorry, a little, um, you know, digital TV antenna that connects to our uh, TV that works very, very well. So, but the point is, is that I think when it comes to the urgency of building this emergency fund is that you've got to make this thing like your number one priority. If if you're listening to this podcast and, and you're one of those people in that statistic and you want to get out of debt, your number one priority right now after you leave this podcast is building that emergency fund. So that means that you need to go through your bank statements and your credit card statements and start figuring out, okay, what are some things that I can start maybe getting rid of? And after the commercial break, we're going to talk about some different areas and things that you can start considering to help you build that emergency fund. We'll be right back. Hey, many people I work with want to get out of debt, and many of them are also looking for ways to rid themselves of financial stress and finally being able to get to the point where they can start saving some money. Wouldn't that be fantastic? That's why I created this free course, 10 Easy Money Saving Ideas That You Can Start today. Literally, you can start using these tips today. And when you join, you're going to get a free downloadable PDF guide that walks you through all the tips. Not only that, but we're also going to give you 10 video lessons that walk you through every single tip in more detail. Also, we're going to give you some action items that you can start to begin to make some changes that are going to help you save more money and fill up that piggy bank. So head on over to the real debtfreedad.com, click on tools and courses in the menu and get free access to this course today. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're talking about how to build your very first emergency fund. We're also sharing tips and tricks to help you build it very, very quickly. And ideally, uh, hopefully in the next 30 to 60 days from listening uh, to this show. So some of these guys, we already kind of let the cat out of the bag just by talking and having some discussions with with some of the other things. But uh, the next kind of main point is really kind of giving some of the listeners some ideas of of how to build their emergency fund really, really quickly. And Ryan, you kind of mentioned selling stuff. And, and I love that idea. And we can hit on that for sure. But I think it can go beyond that, too. Like, for instance, we didn't I'm going to share an idea with all of you. And we didn't do this to build our emergency fund. We did it to uh just make extra money. But my wife and I, back when we weren't we weren't running these businesses that we were doing right now, we actually uh, started a little craft business and we would just take broken old pallets and things and uh, we would cut them down and we would make all sorts of different like little craft projects and decorations. And uh, from the month of like late July all the way through the fall months here, uh, like mid to late October, we went to a bunch of different craft fairs, just local craft fairs, weren't really expensive to get in. And we made well over $2,000 selling a bunch of essentially what was junk and we made it into some pretty cool stuff. So, I mean, did that take a lot of work? Heck yeah, it took a lot of work. <laughs> our, our hands were sore. I mean, we were painting like crazy, but 
that money actually eventually helped me, believe it or not, start this business that we're running right now. Crazy enough, like that cash we kept in that bank account. And when I went finally out and quit my job, started this business, that's the money that we used to cash flow the beginning of uh, the early stages of, of Balance Sense and the Debt-Free Dad. So uh, it's not always just selling stuff around your house. I would challenge you to get creative and think, what you know, what are some other things that I can do to to make money? Yeah, I've drove for uh, DoorDash. Um, I mean, I've done, I've taken extra little side gigs here and there where I could pick them up. So, um, I mean, when you're getting, when you're first doing this and you're trying to get this emergency fund and it's challenging, I mean, it's just, I kind of always think of uh, the old, uh, when McDonald's first started, the, the owners, you know, kind of came up with, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. And so for me, if you got time to like sit around and, uh, you know, not, and if you're sitting around playing video games or watching TV for three, four hours a night and you don't have a thousand dollar emergency fund, you need to change that. You just need to redirect your habits and what you're really focused on. Yeah, absolutely. I like the uh, term income producing activities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's the, but that's the mentality you need to have. And uh, I get that, you know, we're exhausted maybe from our regular jobs or whatever it might be, but you've got to make it that priority. You've got to put that work in. And and that's absolutely right. If you've got time to spend on some of these other things that aren't producing income, that's a sure sign that there is some room there to uh, pick up something, a side hustle, uh, sell some stuff around your house, you know, what, whatever it might be to start making uh, some extra money. The other You'd thing is- You'd be surprised is, though how much stuff you have in your house that you could actually get rid of and sell. Oh my gosh, and you have no idea. Facebook Marketplace <laughs> is fantastic. Right. Uh, I've, we've used it a lot. And it's, what's hard is having somebody who says in your house, this is my husband, says, I don't have, uh, we, we can't get rid of that. I may need that. He always might need it. Like, I'm like, we don't need it. So I just sell it. And he has, he forgets it even existed. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have somebody like that in your house, just do it on the side. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I know, I know for some of us, you know, for some of the listeners out there, this probably won't apply as far as selling stuff because this one's probably the most common one that's, that's shared out there. I mean, uh, in fact, when a lot of people come to me, it's like, Brad, is there any way that I can make money besides the whole selling stuff idea? I mean, I've heard that one over and over and over again. But for some people who are out there, you totally have got some stuff to sell. There's no question about it. In fact, I mean, Amber, you're you're in Roots. I mean, you see people regularly turning a profit on used clothes, baby items, kids' toys. I mean, just all sorts of different things. I've got yeah. boxes of beanie babies. I'm still trying to talk my wife into <laughs> selling and she won't let me. <laughs> I mean, I, but it, some people, you know, the way I used to think of it is like, oh, I'm only going to get $2 for that shirt. Um, every $2 item adds up and it really does make a difference. And uh, like Ryan said, he was delivering food for DoorDash. Uh, we take in dogs. So we'll do dog sitting. If you can't leave your house, maybe you have little kids and you're a single mom. Um, we have, we just have dogs come into our home and we take care of them and get paid a pretty decent income just for doing that a few times a month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of goes back again to that whole kind of, you know, idea of, of like we talked about having this little craft business. It's like, get, get creative with some of this stuff. There are some people that I've had that I've coached that have come up with some fantastic ways to make extra money on things that they already love to do. 
And I actually work with people. Like I've got a copywriter that I send work to uh, and we do writing and stuff. And she's she's got a degree in writing and she makes extra money by, you know, going through and helping us rewrite copy and proofing our blog posts and all sorts of different things. So uh, I would strongly just, you know, think about what are some of the, you know, things that I can do? What are things that I'm good at that I'm willing to do and offer other people? And how can I help them? I, I think there's plenty of ways, especially in today's age with the cell phone and the smartphones and the apps that are out there. When people come to me and say that they can't make any more money, they're just not looking hard enough and they're not trying hard enough. There are so many different opportunities out there uh, to do that. So we talked about selling stuff. We talked about picking up extra, up extra work, starting a side hustle. The next common one, is there's money right under your nose by cutting out some of those expenses. And Amber, I know you were hitting on some of that stuff and we've talked about cutting your cable. One of the things that we just mentioned in the commercial is we have a free course on our website, balancedsense.com. It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything. You just go on our website, you can sign up for it. And literally we're giving out 10 saving ideas that you can literally start today. It comes with the videos. It comes with the PDF documents. So if you're looking for additional ideas, how can you save money on going out to eat? How can you save money and cut costs on your TV, on your cell phone, on your insurance premiums? Holy crap, insurance alone. So many people could save so much more by just doing a little work and shopping their insurance around. There's So there's, there's all sorts of different little things that you can start doing that's going to help you put together this emergency fund really, really quickly. I think the key comes down to one, making it a priority, and then going about the work to make it happen. Yeah, and I think uh, I think one of the things people can do, and, you know, if, if the emergency fund is kind of, you know, if you're just kind of getting started with debt, or maybe this is the first podcast of ours you're listening to, and you're like, man, the emergency fund, this is really what I want to do. I think a big thing that you can start doing, and we've talked about this in one of our earlier podcasts, is go print out your bank statements and figure out where you're spending your money. Cause that, I think that's going to help you uh, figure out like, where can you make some of those cuts? Cause that, that could add up to a lot of money right there. You might look at it and go, Oh, I didn't realize I was spending this much money on going out to eat. And that could add up to a substantial amount of money every month. Yeah, absolutely. And more than likely, it's probably going to be a combination of a lot of the things that we talked about here today. It may not be one thing that we said that makes it happen for you. It, it may be a combination of things that you might have to uh, put together. But I can tell you that making those sacrifices, building that emergency fund, making that emergency fund a priority is is going to change the future of your finances. It is a game changer. And I've had so many people come to me and say, Brad, Yes, I've paid off thousands and thousands of dollars in debt, but I got to tell you, going all the way back to that emergency fund, that was where everything started to turn for me. One, it gave me hope that I could actually do this. I, I saved money. And for most people, this small emergency fund is the most amount of money that they're ever going to have. And that kind of win, it feels really, really good. So when we talk about motivation, when we talk about momentum and having the energy to get through some of this stuff, getting some of these very first and early wins is going to be critical to your future success. So I, th I say start with the emergency fund, build that thing, and you will be amazed at how it's going to change your life. Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party! Let's dance! Hey, hey, okay, so when we hear Kevin Bacon, it's time to do some celebrations of the show. We got some really, really good ones today. 
Uh, we're actually going to take some turns going back and forth and sharing some of these uh, good wins. We got about uh, half a dozen wins today that we're going to be sharing. And uh, again, the reason why we share these wins on this show is to show you that it's not just us three crazy kooks that are doing some of this stuff. There's actually a lot of people out there working on some of these basic fundamentals that we're talking about, and they're getting massive results by doing it. So uh, take a listen to some of these. Christine Calhoun just recently celebrates that. I love this post. So my goal was to pay off my house in 2019. Learning how to budget correctly with the Roots program, I was able to finally do this. I now have my house deed in my hot little hands. Now I am a a rare unicorn, Christine says, and only have my monthly bills. How awesome is that? No debt, no house payment. I am still following the Roots budget and working on building my retirement fund, she says, Look out, Cabana boys. <laughs> Good for That's you, Christine awesome. Calhoun. That is awesome. Congratulations. Um, Leah Vanier says, my win is I am no longer just spending money because I felt like it. I always think twice about my purchases. If it isn't necess- a necessity at this time, it stays at the store. That's a huge behavior win right there. That is. Yeah, big habit change. Absolutely. Uh, Deb Westfall uh, canceled my old Navy and discover credit cards, no takeout food. So I remember when I was starting, that's a huge thing. Cause man, I love takeout food. And she added $150 to emergency fund. Awesome. Heck yeah. Good. Good for you. Congratulations. Jacqueline McCubbin. I have been tracking my daily spending habits in my new debt freedom planner. She says complete Game changer. And, uh, you know, Ryan just mentioned this when it comes to looking at your expenses, going back to that uh, that bank statement, seeing where your money's going. Here you go. Perfect example. Real life example of someone who's going through and doing this, talking about how much of a game changer it is. That's awesome. Good for you, Jacqueline. And Penny and Jim Ryan say paid off a couple small debts with money made from our side business. We were just talking about that. Um, and paid off all the remaining medical bills from 2019. Awesome. Congratulations to you. Good for you. And Christina Tharp, I came home for I came home from vacation and only spent 60 bucks of my allotted budget. Yeah, that's crazy. Christina always blows me away with her success. I mean, she's been a longtime Roots member. I've I've had great conversations with her. Uh it just a huge she just did a huge update. They have saved and paid off two hundred and forty five thousand dollars now. Wow. In wow. the last little over three or four years now, I think. That is just impressive. They made some huge sacrifices, made some big changes, and uh, just making it happen. So congratulations to all of you who are working so hard. Hey, that sound means it's time for the question of the show. So do you have a question about your finances? If so, Send me an email at brad at therealdebtfreedad.com and we will do our best to get your question on an upcoming episode of the Debt Free Dad podcast. Oh, today is a good one, guys. Such a common question that I get. And uh, I'm sure you guys have probably heard this from other people as well and, and maybe even experienced this in your own lives. But check this out. She says, uh, hey, guys, I am having trouble getting my spouse on board with our finances. Can you guys offer some tips I could try to get them to care about this? I am stressed and I am tired of having to do this on my own. Yikes. <laughs> it is a common question. So for those of you who are out there and, and for this person who asked this question, 
And uh, for others who might be experiencing this, I want you to know first before we even answer this that this is so common. Outside of being asked how to get out of debt, this is probably the next most common question that I get. Is and it's not even really financially related. It's it's more about relationships and how the two people can uh, get on the same page. So all of us are married on this show. So uh, Amber, we'll kick it off with you. Like what like what kind of advice might you give this person? You think? Um, I personally think a conversation is needed, um, and not just on a whim. It needs to be. They need to sit down and talk about it, um, and just share with that with your partner how important this is to you to try and do. Um, and I do remember actually a member of root said that their partner originally was not like, I personally can't relate because my partner wasn't involved right from the get go, but they said their partner was personally not involved at the beginning. Didn't want anything to do with it, but she started playing roots content just in their daily lives. And eventually her partner kind of came around. So the conversation doesn't work. That's another option that you could maybe kind of just play it in the background. It's like that subliminal message. Yeah, this is this one hits home for me because I, you know, or you know, I was not on board with getting out of debt a while ago. Um, I just was like, uh, it, I was not interested. It, I didn't care. I had my way of doing it, and that was fine. Um, I. It wasn't until we sat down and I really understood. Um, you know, from a husband to a wife's point of view, the kind of the emotional toll that it was taking on my wife. Um, and I think that really allowed me to see it from her side. And then that I think helped me then get on board with this plan. So I, I do think a conversation is needed. I totally agree. It can't be on a whim. It has to be something planned. Um, but I, I like the idea of those dropping those little hints because sometimes that's what it takes. And I, and if I think back, I think my wife did that to me, <laughs> you know, would bring it up occasionally and then just let it go, you know, not really sit and talk about it. And, uh, it, you know, eventually it kind of wore down on me and then we had that conversation. But, um, I think that's the best advice I can give is a heartfelt conversation between between the two of you. And then also, not just about the money, but what are your goals? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, cause I think so I probably had different goals than my wife at the time, you know? And so I think getting on board with what our goals were helped us kind of take that next step together. Yeah. I think, uh, the emotion is where you need to start with, I think. And, and it's not, it's not a money problem. It's a relationship problem. And I think too many people start out that conversation about the money and then nothing gets fixed because typically that conversation doesn't go very well. <laughs> you know, uh, there's no real clear goals. There's, there's finger pointing on past mistakes. So my recommendation and what I found has worked for a lot of people in just starting this out, obviously I'm going to throw this out there too. Marriage counseling is a wonderful thing. It's not, it doesn't mean your marriage is a bad thing. If more people did marriage counseling, there'd probably be far less divorces in the world. So, I mean, if, if that's the area that you've got to go in to get on the same page, there's nothing wrong with that. I would strongly, you know, look at some of that stuff, but if you're not there yet, one of the things that I would suggest do is sitting down and, and Ryan, you were kind of hitting on this with, with you guys is sitting down and actually talking about not the money, but how the money situation is making you feel. How is it affecting your life? And for a lot of people, those are real emotions, stressed, worried, freaking out. 
uh, can't sleep, can't really do basic things anymore without having to worry about what's the next bill that's going to come up and how are we going to pay for it. And not only that, but also really having a genuine conversation about what do we want our life to be like? Because what it is like right now, I don't really like it. And that's got to change. So like in five years, I want it to be like this. And based on where we're going with our finances, there's just no way that we're going to be able to make that happen. So what are some things together that we can do in order to start making those goals become a reality? And when I do uh, speaking events, I actually was on a pretty decent-sized speaking tour last year with a company that hired me to come out and talk about just these basic financial principles that we're talking about. And when I asked the audience, you know, how many of you took a personal finance class before you got married, hardly anybody raises their hand. This isn't like part of, you know, getting married and when you're engaged, these are classes that you should take. So it's it's not uncommon for people not to understand or really know how to talk about some of this stuff. I didn't know either at one time. Uh, one of the things that we've actually created to help people through that first conversation or to kind of just talk about money in general without talking about your specific mistakes is a document on our website. If you go on uh, therealdebtfreedad.com, click on tools and courses at the top, scroll down about three, you know, like two thirds through the page, you'll see it. It's called The Money Conversation. It's free. It's a PDF guide. Just go on there, enter your email, download that guide, and you're going to go through 10 questions. And my goal for you would be to sit down, the two of you, if hopefully you can get this other person to come to the table on this, and just have them fill this thing out separately, not together. You do it on your own. And then bringing that document together and sitting down together and giving the two of you somewhere to start by talking about how you answered those questions, I think is a great way to kind of take that first step. All right. Uh, the other thing I can say, too, is like there is some of this, like what Amber is saying with the whole subliminal message and having this third party out there, because that third party, maybe that's this podcast. Maybe it's a, it's a different piece of content that's out there. But that third party allows the conversation to open up because one person might be like, you know what? You know, when Brad was making that point, I really didn't agree with him. And I would kind of look at it this way. And that opens up the conversation because now you guys can have a discussion about it as opposed to a discussion about who's right and who's wrong and what you did and what I did. Now there's a third party involved and that discussion can start based off of what they're kind of talking about. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, that's how Roots has really helped them in their relationship is that having me kind of come in and teach the stuff that we're doing, it allows them to kind of open up and have that conversation a little bit easier as opposed to just doing it on their own. All right. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. We love your feedback and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review in Apple Podcasts. We read every single one of them. And as you know, the Debt-Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our content and our show, please give us a share. We would greatly appreciate that. And hey, we appreciate you and we will see you in an upcoming episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to therealdebtfreedad.com.